Hi, I'm Professor Mark Morris. I, I, I'm teaching at UCLA, where I also carry out my research. I work on um, the, the center of the galaxy and what's going on there in this fabulous arena there, and on dying stars, stars that are, have reached the end of their lifetimes and are putting on a, a display for us as they do so. Well, there's every, every expectation that in about five billion more years, our, our sun will swell up to become a red giant. And then uh, as it gets larger and larger, uh, it will eventually become uh, what's called an asymptotic giant branch star, a, a star that's, whose radius is uh, uh, just under the, ra uh, the distance between the sun and the earth, one astronomical unit in size. So the earth will be literally skimming the surface of the red giant sun when it's an asymptotic giant branch star. A star that big is also cool. Uh, red giants are red because they're cold. Red hot versus blue hot or yellow hot like our sun. Be because it's cold, a red giant star uh, at its surface layers can uh, keep all of its elements in the gas phase. Uh, so some of the heavier elements, uh, the metals and the silicates, condense out as small dust grains. And when those dust grains condense out as solids, then radiation pressure from this very luminous red giant star pushes the dust grains out. That, that seems like a minor issue, but in fact, those dust grains carry the gas with them. And so the star literally expels its atmosphere and um, goes from a, a, a red giant star to a white dwarf when, the fi when finally the core of the star is exposed. Now, as it's doing this, the hot core of the star is still very luminous, and it lights up through a fluorescent process, this outflowing uh, envelope, this outflowing atmosphere that was once part of the star. And that is what produces these beautiful displays that are called planetary nebulae. Now, planetary nebulae can be these beautiful, round, spherical, looking objects, or they can be bipolar. And that's one of the mysteries that we're working on here, is trying to understand why, at some stage, uh, the, a star uh, suddenly becomes axisymmetric. In, in other words, has, is, is sending out its atmosphere in two diametrically opposed directions, predominantly, uh, rather than continuing to lose mass spherically. But we can't invoke rotation of the star. That would be one natural way to get an axis, a preferred axis, because um, stars don't rotate fast enough. If you take the sun and let it expand to become a red giant, then by the conservation of angular momentum, it literally won't be spinning at all. It, it'll, it'll be spinning so slowly that that can't possibly have any effect. And so we can't invoke spin. So there must be something going on deep down inside the star that when you finally expose some rapidly spinning core, um, it can uh, have an effect. Or uh, all of the stars we see as planetary nebulae might have uh, binary companions that could be very massive planets or, or relatively low mass stars that th uh, themselves impose an, an angular momentum orientation on the system. Um, th this, is a, uh, this is, in fact, uh, 
an idea that I've been championing for decades now, and uh, it has some traction. There's there's uh, uh, a lot of uh, planetary nebula nuclei, the, the white dwarf, um, seem, seem to have uh, companions near them that are, are suspect as, as having been responsible for uh, helping strip the atmosphere of, of the uh, mass-losing red giant star, but also uh, providing a preferred access along which the uh, ejected matter can flow. You're listening to the audio edition of Universe Today. You can send us an email at info at universetoday.com, follow us on Twitter, Google+, or Facebook. And you can see the video version of everything on our YouTube channel.